All right, what did we have for the media meal tonight? Egg rolls, some mystery some meat, undercooked mm. rice, and uh, some mystery meat. I had some raspberry tarts. Yeah, the raspberry tarts were good. Yeah, I loaded up on those. Uh, it was no bojos. That's I right. could have really gone for a, a pregame media meal consisting of any type of pizza from Bojo's. A free honey cheese bread would have been nice too. A big uh, honey but cheese right bread. now at Bojo's, if you mention DNVR, you can get a free honey cheese bread with a purchase of an entree. They've got six Colorado locations. Of course, they're the home of the true Colorado mountain pie. Man, a Bojo's pizza would be on point. Right now, it's oh, 12 o'clock. I hate when you do this. As we sit down to record this. Again, mention DNVR and get a free honey cheese bread with a purchase of an entree at all locations. They've got gluten-free, cheeseless, cheeseless pizza, and plant-based options. Also, a salad bar as well. Remember, salad is the palate cleanser <laughs> of the pizza experience. Check out Bojo's. Wow, well, we are here still at Pepsi Center. Clock just struck midnight. Harrison Wind and Brendan Vote sitting down to recap this Nuggets loss to the Lakers. An all-timer, I thought, at Pepsi Center. But we are presented by Illegal Pete's, of course. Man, have you caught your breath yet? No. No, I haven't wrapped my mind around what we just watched. I'm excited to write player grades tonight and sit down and, and think, uh, what just happened? <laughs> There's a, there's a lot to encapsulate. Yeah. In the words of Adam Mars, I am very excited to rewatch this game. Yeah, for real. <laughs> for real. Um, I mean, I'll start with the start of the game, man, because I thought that was as good as the Nuggets have looked out of the gate all year. A um, couple of exceptions. I know we, we say that stuff a lot. I mean, the Miami game or whatever, but they looked ready to go. Um, they looked ready to play on both ends of the court. They didn't look scared. Seven points apiece for Jokic and Murray before the first time out. Five, three, and three for Craig. The kind of first quarter that, you know, like much of the last month made you think, man, maybe these Nuggets are even better than I thought, you know? The atmosphere tonight, and this is pertinent to the start of the game, was incredible. incredible. This felt like a playoff game. You know when the Lakers come to town, there's going to be a ton of Lakers fans. Would you say 60-40 tonight, Nuggets fans? Yeah, I would put it 60-40 Nuggets fans or like... 60 40 nuggets plus random nba fans who didn't really have a dog in the fight right yes yeah there are a bunch of those um yeah the crowd was incredible into it from the opening tip a late start eight o'clock a snowy night here in denver so wasn't quite sure if that was going to affect the crowd but it didn't and man we were treated to an all-timer, I thought, one of the best regular season games I've watched. I think I saw somebody tweet that Jeff Van Gundy said this was one of the best regular season games he's ever watched. Jeff Van Gundy has watched a lot of regular season and games. he hates basketball, so that really <laughs> says a lot. He does hate basketball in 2020. That does say I, a lot. I kind of liked – I mean, I don't like that it's 60-40 because obviously you want it to be all Nuggets fans. You want that home court advantage. But it was fun being in the building – because it felt like as lit of a neutral court as you could find. Mm-hmm. Like when either team went on a run or hit a big basket, you had that sort of appropriate accompanying crowd noise. And 
because there wasn't really like a lot of awes and there was just mostly cheering, um, it just felt like a really fun back and forth. And like, it, it was pretty much lit the whole time. Yeah. So you mentioned the start of the game. Nuggets got off to a great start. They were vibing to start this game. Uh, Jamal looked good. Jokic looked good. And uh, you know, I, we'll talk about um, the fourth quarter and whatnot. I do have to say, though, right off the top, watching LeBron in person never gets old. Never, ever gets old. And I know this is just what Nuggets fans want to hear, is us fawning over LeBron James. But to watch that guy in person and to try to put into context that this is his, which, which, 16th? 16th, I think. Yeah. What is he, 34, 35? Mm-hmm. So yeah, he sh- um, should not still be as big and fast and strong as he is. Yeah, um, he, when he's determined, like on a fast break, when he decides it's go time, he still gets up and down the court as fast as anyone, man. And, and overall, I felt like both teams brought it from the opening yes. tip, and that yes. really continued until the end of overtime. LeBron was playing a hundred miles an hour. Jokic, Jamal Murray, these guys were going all out. It was really cool to see that in a regular season game. And obviously, you know, this game had some implications. One and two in the West. Uh, the Nuggets and Lakers were tied 1-1 in the season series tiebreaker. Now it's 2-1 Lakers with one more matchup uh, between these two teams to go. Uh, but, man, this game was played really hard. Really it, well. It was a great yeah. game. And, yeah, it came down to the bitter end. Overall, and the Nuggets dropped this one, of course. How... Are you feeling about it? And how do you think that locker room that we just got out of is feeling about it, all things considered? I like that question because I've said this on this pod before, but it's always fun to go into the locker room and juxtapose those players' reactions to what we're seeing from the fans and on Twitter. Um, and and it's, this is not to say that they don't care, but they are certainly not worried or bothered. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that was a somber mood in the locker room. You know, Jokic, their best player, stood up there and, and I thought took blame. Um, which we'll get to later for his fourth quarter. So there was responsibility, and, and they weren't just tossing this away, but they weren't tripping on it. And I think that's the appropriate reaction. Yeah. I walk away from this game thinking, look, are, are the Lakers a bad matchup for the Nuggets? Yes, they're a bad matchup for almost anyone. But Denver can run with them, and you should walk away from this, I think, as both a player and a fan, feeling a little bit more confident about the matchup. Yeah, it's tough to think about it that way in the moment because, yeah. man— the Nuggets lost an absolute heartbreaker tonight. But to run with the Lakers and take them to OT, the Lakers who probably outside the Bucks have been the best team in the league this year, uh, without Will Barton, without Michael Porter Jr., without Mason Plumley, I think that's a result Denver's got to take. For and sure. And if you're the Nuggets, you've got to feel good about how you showed up in this game. It was at home, so Denver had that going for them. I think they had a rest advantage, sort of. Yeah. In but, the immediate moment. Right, 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 right. But you've got to feel good about the bodies you were down and, and how you played. Now, yeah. there are things you, you got to clean up, and there were some big issues late in the fourth and over in an overtime that we'll get to. But overall, uh, you got to take the result if you're Denver. Did you feel like, you know, in the last couple of seasons, we've seen some 1-2 games, right, where maybe the Nuggets walk away with a win from a not against a not-so-motivated Warriors squad. I felt like the Lakers were approaching this 
the same way the Nuggets did tonight. Oh, like for a de facto sure. playoff game. You just had to watch LeBron to find the right. answer to that question. Right, because usually experienced LeBron watchers know in the first quarter. Like he likes to feel it out. He likes to save his energy. He wants to get a sense of like when do they really need me to turn it on. Yeah. I thought LeBron played hard every second he was on the court tonight. He really did. Um, and that's because they wanted this game because they were challenged. And because I, I think they view the Nuggets similarly to the Clippers, which is a legitimate challenge to their throne in the West right now. I agree. I think the Lakers have respect for the Nuggets. There were a lot of interesting parts of this game, just mm. not even not even talking about just the actual gameplay. Like, j- just some of the stuff that was going out during the floor. Like Monte talking? Morris talking trash to LeBron. <laughs> uh, LeBron and Paul Millsap yamming it up throughout the game. Uh, LeBron and Jamal Murray uh, talking throughout the game. I did get the feeling, like you said, there's some mutual respect between these two teams. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think there's um, – I like the way you framed that because it wasn't animosity, but it did get chippy. But yeah. I, I think LeBron in those moments can either be um, re- like acknowledging that mutual respect or maybe a little um, condescending. But I think it was the former in this case. Mm-hmm. I really feel like he was challenged by a good basketball team. And also the vibe I got in the locker room afterward – I feel like this team thinks they can go toe-to-toe with yes. the Lakers in a playoff series. Yep. I was talking to one player tonight who I'm not going to name. It was off the record. but Nice. He thinks they're winning an NBA championship this Woo! year. Love it. And, no, he always has a lot of confidence. Let me take but... seven guesses. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but that feeling, I think, is shared with most people in that locker room. They think they can do some special things this year. And tonight – taking the Lakers to overtime without the guys that they did. I feel like that is going to instill some confidence in them going forward. I really did think they, they feared the Warriors last year. Mm-hmm. I think when they, once the Warriors came in and dropped that 76 in the first like 14 minutes or whatever, yeah. I, think that, I think they knew, okay, we're not actually in their league. I agree with you 100%. There's not been one team, including Houston, by the way, that's come into this building this year, and I walk into that locker room and think, Man, this is this is a tough matchup for them mentally. Um, that's why I, I actually quite liked seeing Monte Morris jawing with LeBron. <laughs> that was awesome. I know some people feel like, oh, you don't want to piss him off. Man, enough. I, I forget the inferiority complex. Forget that they're the Lakers. It's LeBron, right? I don't like you said. The team doesn't view it that way. I don't know if you have to as a fan. Um, like, don't be scared of this team. Mm-hmm. Would I pick the Nuggets in a series? No, but is this something that the team's going to back down from? I don't think so at all. Yeah. A ton more to get to. We're going to talk about the fourth quarter and overtime and um, a lot of revealing quotes from the locker room as well, some of which came from Nicole Jokic. But uh, I've been reminding you guys about this on the podcast. If you have a favorite type of Breck beer, I know I certainly do, you can actually go on to breckbrew.com. It's actually the address breckbrew.com backslash beer dash locator. Love it. Literally. Filter down what beer you're looking for from Breck Brewery, what size, how many beers you want, where you want to go buy the beer, and filter it down to like locations that are within 10 miles of you. Like at any point in time, you can find out where the closest Mile High City is. Yeah. There's literally not an easier way to find beer. <laughs> there is no excuse to not get your hands on Breck Brew right now. It's like we're practically just in the street throwing these at you. Right. Just take our beer. I mean, I can find Breck Brew at a school 
according to the Breckenridge Brewery Beer Locator. Which, again... I can find it at a small <laughs> grocery store. I can find it at a factory slash office or a convenience store. You can find it anywhere. Uh, but the Breck brew of today is the Carado Core. I'm about ready to put Tory Craig in the core. Wow. Brendan. Wow. <laughs> Spicy. I love it. This guy has freaking hard of champion. They need to create a Denver Nuggets hard award and just name it the Tory Craig Award. Bleeding man. from the face award. We need a beer for yeah. hustles too hard. I don't know how he was seeing straight after this one. Uh, but yeah, make sure to check out Breck Brew, the official beer of BSN Denver. So many options, and, and like I said, you can get it anywhere you want. Also, and I'm going to default to you on this read, Strava Craft. You've been drinking Strava Craft coffee, right? Yeah, I'm big on this. Um, I do deal with some anxiety. Poor me, I know. Uh, but gosh, does the Strava Craft CBD coffee help a lot? Um, I also deal with IBS. Not afraid to say it, Harrison. Irritable bowel syndrome gets the better of me. Um, but the Strava Craft coffee really, really helps. I get mine in a Keurig. You can get yours in, in ground up if you want. Um, it's delicious, and I am a believer in the CBD. And you can purchase Strava Craft coffee online. 20% off you guys get using the code DNVR20. Uh, it ships right to you as well really fast. CBD is non-psychoactive. Coffee is rich and tasty. Remember, Purchase online for 20% off using code DNVR20. All right, we are back here on the DNVR Nuggets podcast. Harrison Wind and Brendan Vogt, we are presented by Illegal Pete's. Man, I'm, I'm feeling it. This man. is the worst. <laughs> I'm worn out from this one. I'm worn out from watching this game. Is all I need. Dude. I know. Uh, let, let's fast forward to the fourth quarter and, and overtime because that's really where this game was won for the Lakers and lost for the Nuggets. There were some other pivotal points in this game. I think LA went on like a 10 0 run in the third when LeBron was actually on the bench. That um, was big. Yeah, and just like I. Quarter two, like the notable thing is LA outscored Denver by 14 points, which yeah. is obviously really important in such a narrow loss. The Nuggets bench really all finished in the positives tonight. Their starters all finished in the negatives, which was also very telling. Some say plus minus is probably an analytical fantasy. I think it says a lot about Denver and just how the game kind of goes specifically for the Nuggets. Um, but anyway... Overtime, the Nuggets were outscored 9-5. to five. It was an ugly overtime. Denver only had five points, like I said. One of those baskets was a Gary Harris three. Uh, the other one was a Jamal Murray layup. Points were hard to come by, and this really goes for the end of the fourth quarter and overtime as well. Denver's offensive execution left a lot to be desired, and that was really the talking point. Post game, we have seen this team perform so well in clutch situations against myriad matchups. More notably, more specifically, Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, whose two man game, when it counts, has been magnificent over the last two seasons. Um, Malone brought it up after the game. He did not like the way the two of them handled and attacked switches. You know, Jamal really struggled to get by Dwight Howard um, without a sufficient blow by. He ended up just challenging him one on one at the rim a couple times, which Malone pointed out. Jokic was 0 for, 0 for 3 in overtime 
I thought not as decisive as we're used to seeing him. And of course, um, some questionable decisions at the very final moments of the fourth quarter. You're right. That's the big takeaway. Nugs did everything right. They were step for step. Where they usually excel, they slipped and fell. Mm-hmm. And that's too bad because this game was there for the taking for sure. For sure. And you know, the Nuggets have been one of the absolute best, really the best clutch team in the league if you probably just average out the last three seasons, right? Yep. And Jokic has made the most shots, uh, game-deciding shots in the final minute of games over the last couple of years. We know how clutch he is. This game is not one that rewrites the narrative sure. on him being clutch or the Nuggets being clutch. Right. This was, I think, a blip, but a notable blip because the Nuggets could run up against the Lakers and Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard, who gave Jokic trouble at times tonight. So that's why it's notable. But I also think that's part of why, as we said at the top, you don't walk away like crushed from this loss. Because what went wrong at the critical moments is not a pattern for this team, right? We're used to seeing them excel. So mm-hmm. what the question becomes, is this filed away for Jokic and Murray? Do they understand what needs to be done better? And I think a really interesting and fun question now, <clears throat> if you ask Michael Malone, it was the first home loss to the Lakers when Jokic really woke up, got it going. I thought he tried to take it at AD down the stretch in the fourth quarter and win that game. Came up short. From that moment forward, we saw first-team Jokic again. It lit a fire. I wonder if th- this is twice now that he hasn't been able to get it done in the clutch moments against this matchup. So I don't think Jokic is going to get in his head about this. I think it's going to do the opposite. I think it's going to motivate him. Um, he's going to watch the film. He's going to get in the gym. And I think he can't wait for another chance to get it done in the in when it matters most. So All star game is he going right at AD at the All Star game? Actually, wait, they're both on Team LeBron. Never mind. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, I mean, so I, I, yeah, that's it, man. Like they're 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 better than that when it matters most. So the play that I think drew the most conversation on Twitter and you know with us on Media Row in the locker room after the game. Lakers up 119-116, 26.6 seconds to go in overtime. Jamal Murray comes off a high ball screen from Jokic. The Lakers kind of trap. Anthony Davis and Alex Caruso kind of coming on Murray uh, with the trap like they were doing for most of the game. Murray slings the ball to Jokic on the wing. Looks like he has an opening for a three. I think um, I don't know who is play, doing play-by-play on the call. But he even remarked, I'm watching this uh, replay on video while I'm talking here, but he even remarks that Jokic had an opening from three. Caruso recovers. Jokic dribbles past Caruso to about the elbow. Definitely has an opportunity for a floater there with Davis closing. I think that's LeBron waiting at the rim. Uh, But Jokic elects to draw Davis in keep LeBron honest at the rim, and sling a pass out to a wide-open Jeremy Grant. But KCP intercepts the pass, and that was really the end of the game. So that initial decision to not shoot, watching it back, it's a much tighter window than I think folks are sort of giving it credit for. Um, How many times have we seen Yoke defer, force the D to collapse, and kick that out for a three? So I think we all saw what he was doing. Um... 
I think it's the second one. You pointed out he's kind of open at the elbow, and but it, Davis hasn't recovered yet. And it does kind of look like float, floater range for Yoke. Yeah. So if you were looking for a shot, it might be that one more than the three. But I'll say this, Harris, and I think it's credit to Alex Caruso, who A, closed off that window, but B, if you watch it back, Murray is wide open on the right wing. And when Jokic kind of goes into pass mode, Caruso recovers and seals that off. I thought he was going to Murray the whole way. But I think Caruso mm, right. make, makes that tough because that was the play I think Jokic wanted. Yeah, Jokic gets by Caruso. Looks like he maybe he sees Murray for a second and then goes to or tries to go to Grant in the corner and gets picked off. Yeah, that's interesting. So I can see – I think Jokic did have an opportunity to take the three here if he just went up right away. He can obviously shoot it over Caruso. Right, yeah. That's um, but – for him, in his mind, I would think he's thinking. I don't know what he was. Jokic was thinking, but maybe he probably doesn't have a ton of confidence in his three right now. Right, he has not been shooting the ball well from three in February, but was two or three from distance in this game. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was thinking, "Man, like my three point shot hasn't been great this month, even though I hit a couple tonight. Let me try to get a better shot right. here." I do think this little floater from the foul line, a shot he's hit and taken. Hundreds of times, and a lot of times at the later games was a shot to take here. Even with Davis closing, I think he could have gotten it off. Me too. Um, me too. But hey, man, it's like you can overanalyze it to death, or you can say, okay, the best clutch player in the NBA has to be better next time. You know, I think he will. And then super impressive, I thought, from Jokic, and probably what he should do. Jokic in the locker room takes the blame. For sure. He takes the blame for Denver's inability to execute down the stretch. He says, quote, this was actually in response to a question about the jump ball call in the fourth, and I guess we can talk about the officiating in a second too. Jokic says, quote, it was a close game. We just didn't execute in the last minute. I made a lot of terrible mistakes. Every decision was bad. I need to be better with decision making. And then in response to a question about if fatigue played a factor, I was just maybe not aggressive. I think I just need to look to score a little bit more or just try to shoot it. So he brushed off uh, the jump ball call and brushed off fatigue being an issue. But I was impressed with him taking the blame, as he should. Talked to Vlako after the game. Vlako goes up and works out with Jokic in these post-game workouts. I thought I heard them throwing it around a little heavier tonight, some yelling. <laughs> Jokic comes storming down. He's covered in sweat. So I asked Vlako, I said, does he take these losses hard? And he said he does feel that responsibility of a best player. He knows it was his fault tonight, and he feels like he let every single player and this organization and the fans down. But win or lose, Jokic wants more is what Vlako calls it. He gets in the gym. He gets in the film room more than people think. Um, he wants he, himself and this team to keep getting better. So he's going to get in that. He's not just saying, hey, I should have been better. He's going to watch the film and figure out specifically what was wrong about the decisions he made. And as Vlako said, he has a switch in the playoffs and he spends the regular season filing everything away, filing everything away so he can turn it on when it matters most. So I, I think one thing we've learned about Jokic is he is more motivated by some of this stuff than we maybe thought early on mm-hmm. in his career. And, and so that's why I think you should have confidence that um, he's focused on what on the right stuff, and I think he's going to do what it takes to improve. 
Interesting. So you say him and Jokic were throwing it around upstairs. Are they like wrestling? What are they? I doing? don't know. I just maybe the weight more weight than usual. I heard some yelling and some banging. I'm man. envisioning them just like throwing one of those medicine balls back and just forth, throwing it. God damn it, Anthony Davis! Jokic just chucking it, and Black has to stand there. <laughs> Probably. Probably. Hey, man. That's. I. I think this is. Um. We have to see about Houston, but with Capella gone, I think this is the last like matchup that Jokic struggles with. So what does he do with that? Does that light another fire under his ass? I'm really excited to find out. I thought the Lakers, you know, even considering that turnover from Jokic late in the late in overtime, uh, the Lakers, I thought in the fourth and in overtime, did a very good job on Jokic. Yeah, I, I felt like they definitely centered their defensive focus on him. And, you know, we've got to go back and rewatch the game. This is just us reacting to what we saw live. Of course. But it definitely seemed like they were not going to let Jokic beat them in the fourth. Now, on in overtime, maybe he had some opportunities to shoot it that he didn't. Uh, but I, I was impressed with the Lakers' defensive effort on him when it mattered. This is a really, really big team, right, with a ton of size and, and capability in the interior. So... They did the right thing. They did their homework. Jokic is the guy who's beaten so many teams. They made it tough on him. Um, other guys have to step up. I thought other guys did step up tonight. Jamal Murray in particular, you can definitely, in my opinion, tack this onto his string of, of great run. Oh, for sure. coming back. Uh, he was brilliant tonight. 13 of 25 from the floor, 3 of 8 from 3, 10 assists for Murray. I don't even have to look that might be a season high. Definitely one of his highest assist totals of the year. Only two turnovers, 32 points. Took over the games at times. 44 Took over the minutes, game at times tonight. Yeah. 44 minutes. Wow, I didn't even see that. On a bum ankle. And it looked like he re-injured his ankle or re-injured something in the first quarter. Looked like he picked up a couple more injuries. A neck injury at one point during the game. Yeah. Uh, in the second half, he walked back to a Nuggets huddle holding one of his shoes in his hand. Uh, it was another gutsy, gutsy performance from Jamal Murray. And I think this is a guy who's continuing to play the best basketball of his career. And he had it going again tonight. And the, what was the big quarter for him? The second or was I, it the third? Um, let, me, let me look that up really quick. Anyways, he had one quarter. I mean, it's all blurring together for me right now. But he was dominant at times. He took over the game at times. Yeah, and I thought there were – you know, I mentioned he struggled to get around. Uh, it was the third quarter. He had 13 points, six of eight from the floor. He may, struggled at, at times to take advantage of certain switches, but he also got to the rim. He did uh, get to at the rim. will tonight in a way that I'm not really used to seeing him do. Um, yeah, it seemed like he understood what was needed of him. I thought in the in, in through the first three quarters, he had a very good understanding of like, oh, I should press now, or I should I should bring it back out, slow it down, find Yoke. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. Some of the best basketball of his career. Another reason why I walk away from this game feeling better than worse, what did Murray look like in a game against great competition that they really needed when all eyes were on him? He looked like what they need him to be. Yeah, he rose to the challenge for sure. What do you think of Gary Harris's night? Because for the second straight game, Gary Harris had a clutch three. He had that clutch layup through some traffic in the lane, 5 of 12 from the field overall. That one three he hit was the only one. Couldn't believe it. Uh, 13 points. Man, I like want to say he's getting closer, taking the tiniest 
of steps. I mean, it's literally true. The tiniest possible steps he could be taking to getting out of this season-long slump he might be taking. Hey, five for 12, man. I don't know if I've seen five in the field goal made column in a minute. Yeah. Um, it's This is a tough matchup for Gary because there's no one for him to guard. And so in that environment, it becomes, hey, can Gary hit his, hit his open threes? Obviously, he hit that big one, but the answer has been no all year. So it's tough because... And Antori, too, who did a, a good job on LeBron tonight, all things considered. But who are those guys really supposed to guard? And when they're out there without that matchup, it becomes can they hit shots? Yeah, Tory Craig, I mean, I touched on it earlier, but my God, <laughs> the guy is a freaking animal out there. He plays basketball like Michael Malone kidnapped his family and won't tell him where they are unless he, like, sweats blood. <laughs> like, he's so – it's like, why does he care so much? He had that one – um that one play on that loose ball, was it the fourth quarter? Yeah, it, it was the one that resulted in the Gary Harris three. Where I'm pretty sure he beat like three Lakers to a ball he was further from. Yeah. <laughs> it was incredible. Yeah. yeah, he just plays so hard, man. Uh, he played hard. So I think this matchup is a tough one for Jeremy Grant. Yeah. Especially on the defensive yeah. end because starting games, he's really the Nuggets' default, and for most of the game, their default matchup on Anthony Davis. Didn't go well. And Anthony Davis was cooking tonight. Uh, What did Davis finish with here? 33. 33. A lot of that came, you know, on some of those big Lakers runs in that second quarter in particular. Uh, Ten rebounds for Anthony Davis tonight as well. So that's going to be something, you know, going forward. How do the Nuggets guard Anthony Davis? Because that's probably one of the big questions that Denver would have to answer if these two teams were to match up in the playoffs. Davis gets a lot of credit because he was clutch tonight. And honestly, you know, Davis hasn't always been the that real alpha dog. I'm going to go out and win it for you, no matter how talented he is. Um, he was he was tonight. Yeah, he's just too big for Jeremy Grant. And that's not like a knock on, on Grant. What are you supposed to do? <laughs> yeah, um, he, he's too tall, too strong for Jeremy Grant. You know, and also at least in this game, Davis was three of six from three tonight. I think you want to make Davis hit three threes. I know? agree. I, I don't think Grant approached it wrong. I just thought he got torched by by a physically dominant player. It's a tough matchup for yeah. him. Monte had another great game: twelve points, four assists, five of eight from the field. Paul Millsap, I feel like his minutes limit has to be exactly twenty, dude. Right? <laughs> he played twenty minutes and and. Uh, 20 seconds uh, tonight. A couple people tweeted at me wondering where he was tonight. That's obviously the answer down the stretch, still on that minutes limit. Also not an awesome game from Paul tonight. Not a great matchup either. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, last one thing I wanted to – what did you think about the essentially hockey subs tonight with the three new guys – or were, it was McRae, uh, Vonley, Millsap, Monte, and Dozier, right? Right. They closed the first, and then I think they started the fourth. A crazy lineup that I was not expecting to see, but it worked in stretches. Yeah, they kind of held their own. Noah Vonley, the LeBron stopper. Noah Vonley. So this guy, I'm not looking at my Twitter now, so I, for, I forgive me, but somebody hit my mentions a couple days ago with this video from a New York Knicks blog about how when Noah Vonley was with the Knicks, he was this Giannis stopper. <laughs> Not and so like, funny anymore. There's like a thousand word article written about how he stopped Giannis. And, uh, you know, it was legit. Uh, but, you know, Noah Vonley comes out, plays 12 minutes a night, gave Denver some good playing time. So uh, uh, that's something didn't to he watch. Hit a th- he was one for one from three tonight. What did yeah. you f- what's he shooting on the year? Like 15%? Oh, I think that was his third three potentially of the entire season. Yeah. 
low-key some good minutes for Noah Vonley. Yeah. By the way, some locker room reporting. Noah Vonley is an absolute unit. <laughs> that guy is a unit. Like, if he got in the <laughs> ring with Curtis Blades, I would actually don't know if I'd bet on Curtis Blades. He is a freaking unit. Yeah. All right, so uh, I said earlier in the show I could really uh, go for some Bojos. The green solution would not be a bad, mm. um, a bad second option. If you download their app or go to mygreensolution.com and use code DNVR20, you will get 20% off of your entire purchase. It's super quick and easy to use. There are actually 18 locations in the metro area. That's a ton of locations. 18? There are 18 Green Solution locations in the metro area. Wow. So I, I can guarantee you there's one near you. They've got an express checkout to get you in and out in no time. The best prices for the best quality Remember, download their app or go to mygreensolution.com and use code DNVR20 for 20% off of your entire purchase. Oh, my God. All right, back here on the DNVR Nuggets podcast presented by Illegal Pete's, the officiating tonight. We had to get here. Mm. There was a jump ball call <laughs> that stands out in the fourth quarter that I thought gave the Lakers a lot of momentum in this one. Yeah. There was that foul call on Jokic. I think it might have been his fourth, or was it his fifth? When he was tangled with AD? I was thinking the one no, the on fourth. Dwight Howard, yes. where yep. Dwight obviously traveled, did not get called for that, and then this, yep. it was a super late foul call. Uh, there were a lot. There was the one in the backcourt against AD. I did not get a good look at that one, but there were some rough moments with the officiating tonight. Michael Malone did not really want to get fined, although I feel like he— Might have been a good moment, too, going into the break. You know, why not? Yeah. Um, look, I want to get this preface out of the way. I don't like the, the refs hate our team thing, and um, I don't like talking about the officiating too much. And obviously, like, star players get star calls in the NBA. That's old news. So if we were going to talk about that, we would really have to talk about it after every podcast— uh, I thought one too many whistles, regardless of which direction the second half, kind of killed the flow. But it's just, yeah, I mean, what's the jump ball call was pretty bad. But but more to the point, when you have two such talented teams that both seemed to bring it, both seemed to bring their A game, just let the game flow, right? Let LeBron or Anthony Davis decide if they win. Um, and I don't mean to say that the refs gave the Lakers the win, but it certainly took away some of the joy from, from the final 24 minutes. Definitely. If I am Denver and teams throughout the league do do this i'm compiling a bunch of clips from this game and sending it to the league for sure for sure i thought i mean there was one the the charge on tory craig um he was in the exact same defensive position that lebron was in just you know four minutes prior when that was called a charge a block rather um or have it the other way around it was a charge on for lebron but tory craig blocked so yeah, man, there were some bad calls. There were some bad calls. But I like that that Jokic was dismissive of that and didn't want to make any excuses because this game was up for grabs regardless. I bet he wanted to. Jokic did not take his first free throws in this game until there was one minute and 36 seconds left. Meanwhile, Dwight Howard spent the entire game at the free throw line. <laughs> well, he actually spent the entire game a couple feet back from the free throw Dude, line. Dude, that's the kind of guy that makes you like re-Google what the rule is. He's like almost out of the semicircle. He's pulling a Nick Van Axel. Yeah, it's incredible. And... Look, I'm not a shooting coach, but... You did win the media skills challenge, though. I did. Well, that was like two years ago now. <laughs> Still the reigning champ, baby. Uh, it's just a weird, weird advice for somebody struggling with their free throws. I don't really understand Step it. Step back. Make it further. He went 6 of 12 from the line, though. 
A couple other notes I've got about this game. Denver's transition defense left a lot to be desired. There were so many Laker runouts. LeBron, Davis, just poor transition defense, I thought, from Denver at times. And then um, some weird decisions, I thought, late game from Jokic. There were two where he just tried to get the foul call. I felt like there was that weird three from the wing. Yeah, that was. It felt like a resignation. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. well, he was just trying to get the foul call, but you know, but, Denver, Denver wasn't getting calls all game, so I didn't think they were going to get. That's them what back. I mean. Yeah, like the risk reward in that scenario was so low. Like the yeah. risk is a turnover in a cr- critical part in the game. So stop playing to the officiating, and like you said, you weren't getting calls all night anyway. Uh, I think maybe one of the final things I've got here is, like, just from a high level, generally speaking, about the matchup between these two teams. It's such a fascinating dichotomy. You've got the Nuggets, who don't skip steps, who have constructed this team. I I don't want to call it the right way, but let's be honest, it's the right way. Yeah, Um, morally correct. (laughs) Right. Yeah, they're, like D-Line said on uh, his recent podcast (laughs) with Adam, the Nuggets are an example of everything that's right in the world. The Lakers are what's wrong. Uh, but just comparing uh, the Nuggets and their team and their superstar, Nikola Jokic, to the Lakers, who built their team in the exact opposite way, by royally screwing up their entire roster and by basketball walking. operations department for the last five years and falling <laughs> backwards into LeBron James. It's incredible. Um just that comparison is fascinating and just how both teams have gotten to this point is fascinating. And because of it, it makes me want to see these two teams go up against each other in the playoffs. I think it would be a very compelling Western Conference Finals. And at the start of the season, the obvious pick for that compelling matchup is the two L.A. teams. Kawhi, Paul George, with Anthony Davis and LeBron still is from a national perspective for the star power. Plus the Battle of L.A. But that Clippers team doesn't represent the Clippers in any way, shape, or form. No. The fan base doesn't care. They'll take the success. But, like, from a narrative standpoint, I think you're dead on. Like, the Denver Nuggets are, like, the last bastion of an, of an old version of a sports team um, versus essentially the bad guys. I think it would be a super, super fun matchup. I still think the Lakers would win that in six. I think it would be a fun six. For everything that I said about feeling better about the matchup – my one like really kind of downer takeaway from this was that if this game if this was a playoff game and the Lakers had to win, does anyone stop LeBron from getting to the rim? It did seem like he could get to the rim at will at will tonight whenever he wanted. And you know, Denver has a lot of bodies that they can throw at LeBron, but I mean there's not a LeBron stopper in the league. They've got Paul Millsap. They've got Torrey Craig. They've got Jeremy Grant. They've got Keita Bates-Siop. they got a lot of options, but they don't have a lot of great options. Yep. Yep. You know? They've yeah. got a lot of guys with six fouls. But, hey, man, I mean, there are, like you said earlier, there are not a lot of great options. And particularly with this LeBron James team, it is going to very much be a, hey, if he gets 30 and 12, so be it. Just make sure he doesn't also have 12 assists. Let's stop these other guys. And, um, you know, you want to make Anthony Davis beat you. But, yeah, it is – like if LeBron is going to spend a full four quarters, like, wow, we need this one, um, it's a really tough matchup for Denver. Yeah, and it's easier said than done, um, but you got to just make LeBron beat you from the perimeter. I think so. Yeah. You've got to. And they, there were a couple critical possessions in this game where I thought they failed to. I thought they were up a little high on him. 
Um, if if he hits those threes, he hits. But he was one of seven tonight. Because yeah, LeBron yeah. will settle. He will settle. He's always been willing to settle, and he settled at the end of regulation. And he, Torrey Craig gave him a good yeah. enough contest. Yeah, you gotta yeah you gotta force him into doing that. So I thought there were like the la- this is tough because Jokic is on an island with LeBron James. It's probably points every time. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. But there, I just thought like you know I was like man get in the paint like literally dare him to shoot you know, but. I don't know. There's not a lot of teams that have answers for LeBron. Yeah. This was a crazy game. Uh, Another interesting quote from Jokic on uh, the topic, answering a question about why Denver failed to execute offensively late in the fourth and in overtime, said, I don't know, maybe we need to play a little bit more free. Don't wait until coach calls the play. Just go and try to make a play for your teammate. I would give a strong two thumbs up to that and a, a stronger cosign. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. Denver had a tough time getting into their offense. And I it, like what like last season what worked so well was just Jamal and Jokic, two man and their feel. You know what I mean? Right. But I mean, I'm going to have to go back and watch, but I mean, why wouldn't Denver just be running the two man game late in games? Right. You know? Why would they make it more complicated than that? Right. And again, I'm just speaking here. I gotta gotta go back and watch it possession by possession. Sure. But uh, it's what's there, worked there, for them in the past. There were some possessions where they went to Jamal and Yoko. Oh yeah, yeah, there made, were a lot, and they didn't make the correct reads. So maybe Malone lost. You know, I, like you said, we'd have to rewatch it. But if that's what Jokic is saying, it's interesting food for thought because I think this team is at their best when they're just flowing. Uh, you got anything else? Should we get out of here? It's just a bummer that we got to take a break now. I mean, I'm like professionally, I'm looking forward to that, but. In terms of consuming Nuggets basketball, I'm like a maniac right now. Yeah. And I want more. Yeah. Because this team was in one of their uh, peaks of the season of, you know, what have been a couple of different peaks here. They've been playing some of their best basketball this season. And, uh, yeah, now they got to take a break. But I do think this team needs it in respect. Uh, Jokic could definitely use it, although he's been playing at a super high level. His nose can use it. I don't know how he got up after that elbow Dude. from Oof. LeBron. My God. Uh, Jamal Murray obviously needs it. Uh, he's been gunning out some of these games. I mean, I tip my hat off to him. I, I tip my hat to him. What a couple. What a stretch from Jamal Murray. And Malone said after the game, you know, he's not positive, but he kind of echoed Tim Connolly's comments from Altitude Radio the other day. I think they're expecting everyone to be back on the yeah. other end of the break. So a uh, really – it's going to be a big stretch, and I'm sure we'll talk about it before you know the first game. But it seems like they're going to get a pretty healthy roster back after the All Star break. So, hey man, it was never about who the Nuggets are going to be in November. Um, so, who are they going to be in the second half of the season? MPJ's found found a rhythm. Jamal is playing his best basketball of the season. Jokic is playing well. So, what does this team look like? Fully put together. Um, I'm a little bummed. We have to wait to find out. All right, guys, thanks for listening. If you've got questions, send them in for Friday's show, thednvr.com. If you are a subscriber, that jump ball was crap. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Before we get out of here, we just talked about it earlier in the show, but right now DNVR listeners can get a purchase of Strava Craft Coffee. You guys can get 20% off your order online using code DNVR20. We drink a lot of coffee. I go through a couple cups every Nuggets game. Man, I wish it was Strava Craft, though. 
Strava Craft is rich CBD infused coffee. You can purchase in K cups for your Keurig. That's what Mr. Vote does here. Whole bean or ground. Again, purchase online for 20% off using code DNVR20. Remember, 20% off using code DNVR20. CBD is non psychoactive. It has been known to help cure long term migraines, decrease anxiety, help with arthritis, IBS, helps with a lot. Remember, purchase online for 20% off using code DNVR20.